0: We can make a difference.
1: You guys, this is all Kyle's mom's fault. Shut up, Cartman. Kyle's mom is the one that started that damn club, and all because she's a big, fat, stupid bitch. Don't say it, Cartman. Well? Don't do it, Cartman. Well? I'm warning you. Okay, okay.
0: I'm getting pretty sick of him calling my mom. Well? Kyle's to separate the bad from the good. of the job.
2: Hi, i and welcome to Verbal Diorama episode 189, South Park, bigger, longer and uncut. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And welcome to Verbal Diorama, whether you are a brand new listener to this podcast, whether you are a regular returning listener, thank you for being here. Happy New Year, if it's still not too late to say Happy New Year, I'm not sure if it is, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thank you for choosing this movie podcast to listen to out of all of the other movie podcasts that you could be listening to right now. I am totally delighted to have you here for the history and legacy of South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. So this episode is the fourth episode that I'm doing of Animation Season 2023. It follows The Nightmare Before Christmas, Thundalli, The Last Rainforest and Inside Out. And a huge thank you if you have listened to any or all of those episodes, but I just wanted to go through why I'm doing animation season, because this is something that I do every year on this podcast, and there's a couple of reasons that I like to do it. The first reason is that animation is often dismissed as something that is just for children. Animation is also often labeled a genre, especially on streaming services, but animation is just a medium. Its contents can be any genre, any toy. And there are actually fewer limits on what animation can achieve compared to live action. Also, not many media podcasts, at least the ones I listen to, don't tend to cover much animation. So I like to do animation season because I like to talk about these movies. And I like to go some way to dispel the myth that animation is just for children. Because something like South Park definitely fits under that banner. South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut is obviously a feature-length version of the wildly popular Comedy Central TV show. And the idea to do an episode on this movie actually came from an episode that I did last year. So last year, I did an episode on the history and legacy of Team America, World Police. A masterpiece in its own right, and I'm not afraid to say it. It's a movie that came about remarkably quickly, especially a movie that uses marionettes. Obviously, that is also a movie by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And like Team America, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut had a, shall we say, fractious relationship with the Motion Picture Association of America. South Park, as I said, it's very much not for children, which is something that this movie satirizes. Animation is not just for children, but despite it being animated, it's not immune from attempts at censorship. And ironically, because it's animated, kids in the late 90s really wanted to see South Park. Here's the trailer for South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, a movie with a Guinness World Record, an Oscar nomination and miraculously an R rating. And because this podcast is family friendly, I'm going to be getting past the swears by using the ultimate Cartman swear, Barbara Streisand.
0: Once upon a time, a man drew a little mouse and his animated vision enchanted children of all ages this summer that man will be spinning in his grave oh my god why paramount pictures and warner brothers present
1: <laughs>
0: south park this-
1: gonna be the best movie ever. Hooray!
0: Invading.
1: Eric, did you just say the F word? Did he say the S word?
0: Young man, did you just say the Q word? <laughs> we have to get you children off of foul language. Your theater. The machinery of the V-chip emits a small shock of electricity whenever an obscenity is uttered. <gasps> this summer.
1: You're late, Cartman. I had to ride my back here. My behind is killing me. You're behind? I have to stay behind because I get shocked if I say... <laughs>
0: Kyle Broslowski This is sweet! Stan Marsh How did they come up with this stuff? Eric Cartman (coughs) That
1: movie has walked my fragile little mind!
0: Kenny McCormick Chef Have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to hip-hop! Satan Is sex the only thing that matters to you? Yeah! I love you! And B? JL. You
1: big Phillies. <laughs> On
0: June 30th.
1: Throw the switch, Mr. Garrison. Hey,
0: I'm supposed to be anonymous. It's not just another day in the park. Ah! Son, we accidentally replaced your heart with a baked potato. You have about three seconds to live. Woo! South Park. Bigger, longer, and uncut.
1: Tell them we'll have punch and pet. We're not gonna have punch and pie. My people will come if they think we have punch and pie. We've got to see this movie, dude. When Stan invites Kyle, Kyle's
2: brother Ike, Cartman, and Kenny to an R-rated movie starring their two favourite comedians, Terence and Philip, the boys teach their friends the cuss words they learned from the movie. After getting sent to the counselor's office, Kyle's mother Sheila is outraged by the movie and she starts a group that is against Canada. Canada is now at war with the United States after being discriminated against for far too long. With Terence and Philip captured and sentenced to be executed. The boys must try to save the two Canadians in order to stop Satan and Saddam Hussein from ruling the world. Let's go through the cast. This is actually a relatively tiny cast for this movie. And that is because Trey Parker and Matt Stone actually voice the majority of the characters themselves. So Trey Parker as Stan Marsh, Eric Cartman, Gregory, Satan, Mr. Garrison, Mr. Hat, Finnip, Randy Marsh, Clyde Donovan, Bill Clinton... Christoph Zemol, Matt Stone as Kyle Broflovsky, Kenny McCormick in his hood, Saddam Hussein, which is credited to himself, Terrence and Big Gay Al, Mary Kay Bergman as Leanne Cartman, Sheila Broflovsky, Sharon Marsh, Carol McCormick, Wendy Testerberger and the clitoris and Isaac Hayes, chef. There are also cameos in this movie with George Clooney as Dr. Doctor, Brent Spiner as Conan O'Brien, Minnie Driver as Brooke Shields, Dave Foley as all of the Baldwins, Eric Idle as Dr. Vosnocker, and Mike Judge as Kenny, without his hood. South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut was written by Trey Parker, Matt Stone and Pam Brady, based on South Park by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and was directed by Trey Parker. We'll start with Matt Stone and Trey Parker. They're obviously mostly well-known for their particular brand of offensive, satirical humour. Their feature film careers first started with the black comedy musical Cannibal the Musical in 1993. Parker and Stone moved to Los Angeles, where Parker wrote and directed Orgasmo in 1997, about a devout Mormon who takes part in a pornographic film to raise money for his dream wedding. Orgasmo gave the pair their first NC-17 rating by the MPAA, the first of many runnings with the association. Meanwhile, in Denver, Colorado, the finishing touches were being put to a pilot episode of South Park, made for the fledgling Comedy Central Channel. South Park was developed from a series of animated short films titled The Spirit of Christmas, created by stop-motion animation of construction paper cutouts. It includes early versions of South Park's main characters, such as a character named Kenny who resembles Cartman, an unnamed character who resembles what is now Kenny, and two nearly identical unnamed characters who resemble Stan and Kyle. A second short film by Parker and Stone was commissioned by Brian Graydon, a Fox Broadcasting Company executive and friend. The second Spirit of Christmas short, which was produced in 1995, was more in line with South Park's later series Aesthetic. Graydon sent the film to his friends where it was duplicated and shared, eventually becoming popular online and becoming one of the first viral videos. To differentiate between them, the respective films have been retroactively referred to as Jesus vs. Frosty and Jesus vs. Santa. Due to the popularity of these two short films, Parker and Stone began developing the shorts into a TV series and Fox expressed an interest in airing the show. But disagreements started to arise, most notably on the supporting character of Mr. Hankey, a talking poo, and Fox demanded Parker and Stone remove the character. They refused and cut ties with Fox and entered negotiations with both MTV and Comedy Central. Comedy Central executive Doug Hertzod would commission it for a series immediately, and despite the pilot faring poorly with test audiences, the popularity of the viral videos of Jesus vs. Frosty and Jesus vs. Santa meant Comedy Central taking a punt and ordering a six-episode first season. In April 1998, the pair signed a deal with Comedy Central that required them to produce episodes up to 1999, as well as an unspecified amount to make a movie based on the series. And we're going to be coming back to that. South Park debuted on the 30th of August 1997 with the episode Cartman Gets an Anal Probe and was produced using cutout animations similar to The Spirit of Christmas, which was itself inspired by the paper cutout cartoons made by Terry Gilliam for Monty Python's Flying Circus. It took three months to complete the pilot episode Subsequent episodes in the first season and beyond were animated by computer with the original cardboard cutouts scanned and redrawn in Coral Draw and then imported into Power Animator. In season five, Power Animator was replaced with Maya. The turnaround time went from three months for the pilot to three weeks for the second episode and beyond. And like Team America World Police, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were heavily involved in the process of writing, directing and voice acting as well as being executive producers of South Park from day one. South Park was not only known for its rudimentary animation style, but its irreverent satirical humour and its ability to offend pretty much everyone. In the later seasons, the quick turnaround of a week meant that the show kept up to date with current affairs and staying topical, including the discovery and capture of Saddam Hussein and the presidential victory of Barack Obama, which aired less than 24 hours after Obama was declared the winner of the 2008 presidential election. And it also included audio of Obama's victory speech. It was also not shy of controversies, its depictions of the Islamic prophet Muhammad probably being the most infamous, followed by its total ban in China. So sorry to mainland Chinese listeners, you probably won't be able to hear this episode. Despite the controversy and criticism of South Park as just poorly animated fart jokes, it debuted in 1997 to great success and continuing high ratings. In response to the criticism of it being poorly animated fart jokes, the creators invented two Canadian characters called Terence and Philip, essentially two poorly animated fart jokes. Their debut also caused controversy, though, as in the season one episode Death, an entire episode featuring the duo, which aired on April Fool's Day, 1998. The issue stemmed from it being in lieu of an episode that was supposed to continue from the show's previous episode from four weeks earlier, which ended with a cliffhanger, promising to reveal the identity of Cartman's father. The Terrence and Phillip episode airing instead of Cartman's father's reveal, angered fans and Comedy Central received 2,000 email complaints. Less than one year after its debut in January 1998, reports started surfacing of a feature film based on South Park, with Trey Parker confirming they would only do it if it were R-rated to keep tonally in line with the TV show. And South Park in the late 90s, Lest We Forget was an absolute phenomenon. It blew the Simpsons out of the water itself, once deemed risque. South Park set out to shock, and it did. Parents' groups were outraged. Media advocacy groups called it a black hole of vomit. Cartoons just didn't curse. Cartoons were for children. The last thing people wanted was their children watching this film. And because parents refused permission to watch it, kids watched it in their droves. While its popularity has waned in recent years, the latest season only averaged 650,000 viewers an episode to the second season average of 12.5 million viewers per episode, it recently celebrated its 25th year on screen and no other show has been as polarising or as ruthless in offending literally everyone. As I said, their original deal with Comedy Central included a movie and due to the immediate success of South Park, a movie started production quite quickly and it was vitally important to both Parker and Stone that the movie emulate the series, get that R rating and also capitalise on the success of the TV show. And this R rating was despite all efforts from Paramount Pictures to get them to tone down the material and make it PG-13. Parker and Stone point blank refused, even when presented with graphs, telling them how much more money they'd make with a PG-13 version of South Park. That first season episode death that I spoke of, that featured Terence and Philip, heavily influenced the screenplay of the movie, mostly because of how much life imitated art. As parents in real life were protesting South Park as being a negative influence on their children, why not make a movie about a movie which infuriates the parents of South Park for being a bad influence on their children? And why not make it a full-blown musical too, and take serious aim at the likes of Disney and Broadway musicals? They didn't just want a feature-length episode of the TV show either; they wanted to. Let's just say go bigger, longer, and uncut, or home. The movie was animated utilizing SGI O2 and Octane workstations and alias Wavefront Power Animator. Texture mapping and shading techniques were used to create characters and specific scene pieces, which, when rendered, imitated the cutout animation of the short films and the first episode of the series. For rendering and asset management, the animation team employed a multiprocessor SGI Origin 2000 and 31 multiprocessor origin 200 servers, backgrounds, people, and other elements could all be saved individually or as completely composited scenarios for easy access in the future. They were able to add textures and lighting effects that gave the picture a cutout construction paper stop-motion appearance by building flat figures and backgrounds in a 3D environment. If done traditionally with cutout pieces of paper, this would have taken months. And just like on Team America, loads of parallels between the two for obvious reasons. The South Park team were pulling double shifts, working on both the second and third seasons of South Park and at the same time as Bigger, Longer and Unc was in production. And it was a fraught production to say the least, with long days, a heavy schedule and last minute changes to the movie. Most of these changes were typical South Park wanting to stay ahead of the curve. A reference to Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace was added to the movie. That movie only premiered seven weeks before South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut was in cinemas. It was a remarkably quick turnaround for an animated movie, being in production for less than a year and at the time South Park itself was experiencing a bit of a lag. The puppet reaction had soured even more than usual, the criticism was mounting and even Trey Parker and Matt Stone were dissatisfied with the outcomes of the third season. They saw this movie as somewhat of a last hurrah. If South Park were to be cancelled, Least it would be cancelled on a high. But other changes were being made to the movie as the disputes with Paramount also mounted up. Reportedly, changes were still being made two weeks before it premiered, and it wasn't just Paramount who were putting up a fight. Trey Stone and Matt Parker also had the Motion Picture Association of America to contend with. But first, Paramount, because while Paramount had acquiesced to an R rated South Park movie, they wanted to make a family friendly trailer. Parker and Stone refused. They also wanted to make a family-friendly version of the song What Would Brian Boitano Do to send to MTV. The first trailer was released and Parker and Stone were not happy with the way the movie was promoted. So a second trailer was put together and after they watched they broke the cassette. A heavily edited music video was edited for MTV and sent to Parker and Stone for their approval and instead Stone hid the tape and Paramount threatened to sue them if they didn't return it. Red band trailers only really started becoming prominent in 2007 and before then there were limits on where and when red band trailers could be shown. So there was no red band trailer available for South Park. Back to the MPAA, Trey Parker and Matt Matso were not fans of the MPAA, had to be said, and they wanted to annoy these people after the board had classified their movie Orgasmo as NC-17 without telling them why. In secret memos, executives at Paramount outlined in great detail the MPAA board's objections to the movie. At first, the MPAA insisted on the stricter NC-17 rating. Five of the six times the movie was shown to the MPAA, it was given the NC-17 rating. Two weeks before the movie was supposed to be released, they were going to submit it a sixth time. But this movie needed an R rating. So Matt Stone contacted producer Scott Rudin who in turn called the Paramount executive and had a, shall we say, heated debate with probably lots of Barbara Streisands going about. The clout of Scott Rudin meant that the film's rating was lowered to an R the following day, with the original film intact. But that didn't mean they didn't have to make changes along the way. The NPA continually requested Stone and Parker to make changes to South Park Bigger Longer and Uncut in order to change the movie's NC-17 to an R rating. After considerable debate about what should be cut to lower it to R, Matt Stone replied with this note. With family-friendly changes to retain this podcast's non-explicit rating, here is Matt Stone's memo to the MPAA. Quote, Our new cut of the South Park movie to submit to the MPAA. I wanted to tell you exactly what notes we did and did not address. We left in both the Barbara and the Streisand references in the counsellor's office scene. We did cut the word hole from asshole as per our conversation. Two, we took out the entire God has Barbara Streisanded me in the ass so many times. It is gone. Three, although it is not animated yet, we put a new storyboard in for clarification in the scene with Saddam Hussein's penis. The intent now is that you never see Saddam's real penis. He, in fact, is using dildos both times. Four, we have the shot animated that reveals the fact that Winona is not shooting ping pong balls from her vagina. She is, in fact, hitting the balls with a ping-pong paddle. 5. We took out the only reference to Barbara Streisand's ass in the film. It was in the counsellor's office and we took it out. 6. We left in the scenes with Cartman's mom and the horse as per our conversation. This is the one joke we really want to fight for. Call with any questions. Matt. P.S. This is my favourite memo ever. Unquote. Parker and Stone would end up loud in the MPAA for making their movie better by making it more profane and more outlandish than it otherwise would have been. The MPAA objected to the vulgar language, but none of the violence. When asked to remove the word hell from the film's original title, which was South Park or Hell Breaks Loose, Stone and Parker offered the much dirtier one than it is known by today, which refers to the fact it's a longer version of the TV show, but also refers to an uncircumcised penis their refusal to take the MPAA's guidelines seriously ultimately served to confuse the censors so much that the movie actually became dirtier than it had started. And according to the Guinness World Records in 2001, it features a total of 399 swear words, including 146 uses of the word Barbara Streisand, the word rhymes with duck, if you're interested, along with 199 offensive gestures and 221 acts of violence. So with an 81-minute runtime, that's almost five profanities a minute, or roughly one every 12 seconds. And reportedly, 400 swear words automatically gets you an NC-17 rating. So that's why South Park aimed for 399. It's 100 more than the amount of kills in the entire John Wick franchise. John Wick killed a total of 299 people across three movies. And this is a great way to segue into the obligatory Keanu reference. And it's really the only way that I could think of doing it. This is part of the podcast where I try to link the movie that I'm featuring with Keanu Reeves. And I don't normally reference swear words when it comes to Keanu. So really the only way and the easiest way that I can link this movie to Keanu Reeves is simply the fact that Keanu is himself Canadian. And so in this movie, the US would be fighting against Keanu Reeves. And that's not something anyone wants especially since the guy is John Wick. So as I said, South Park Bigger, Longer and Uncut is a musical and it's a really great musical as well. Trey Parker and Mark Shaman collaborated on the songs for the movie and Shaman also wrote the score as well. The 14 tracks in the movie are reminiscent of a number of Broadway musicals. Numerous songs make fun of classic Disney tropes, mocking movies like Beauty and the Beast and The Little Mermaid. The song Blame Canada would go on to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. So South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut was released on the 30th of June, 1999, the same week as Wild Wild West and Big Daddy. South Park would enter the charts eight in that first week. Bear in mind, it only actually represents one day's worth of sales because the week ends on the 1st of July, 1999. Its first full week in the box office, it jumped up to fourth place, that was behind Wild Wild West at 1, Big Daddy at 2, and Disney's Tarzan at 3. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, was just behind in fifth place. The Mummy was also still in the charts at 11th at the time. 1999 was a stellar year of films, as I always attest to. The Matrix was 16th. Now, that could have been a very easy Ableton Keanu reference, but I think I've done that one multiple times. In fact, I think I've done The Canadian one multiple times, but hey-ho. The following week in the chart saw the debut of American Pie. And by its fourth week, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut was out of the top 10. But financially, on a $21 million budget, it would go on to gross $52 million in the US and $31.1 million internationally for a total worldwide gross of $83.1 million. It took the record for the highest grossing R-rated animated film from Akira which I've also done an episode on, and it held this record for 17 years until Sausage Party took it in 2016. Sausage Party made over $140 million. That, in turn, was surpassed by Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yeba the movie, Mugen Train, in 2020, which took over $500 million. And South Park Bigger Longer Cup was remarkably well-received critically as well. It currently sits at 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not something you would expect from a movie like South Park, but I think a lot of people just really, really like the fact that it's funny and it's got good songs. And as I mentioned before, South Park Bigger, Longer and Uncut has an Academy Award nomination under its belt. It was nominated for Best Original Song for Blame Canada. As a joke, Parker and Stone attended the 72nd Academy Awards, dressed as Gwyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Lopez, And it was later revealed that they were high on LSD at the time as well. Blame Canada was scheduled to be performed at the ceremony. Robin Williams ended up performing the song. Sans profanities. The award ultimately went to Phil Collins. You'll be in my heart from Disney's Tarzan. Something that rattled Parker and Stone. They would go on to say they expected to lose, but not to Phil Collins. Collins would then be lampooned in further episodes of South Park. But at least he didn't get barbara streisand did which is now a verb apparently it was also nominated for three annie awards as well so obviously south park would continue and has continued south park has had a couple of television movies south park post covid south park post covid the return of covid south park the streaming wars and south park the streaming wars too have all been available on Paramount+. Plus, But I think it's highly unlikely that we're ever going to see another theatrical version of South Park. Let's move on to some social media thoughts. So I like to ask on social media what people think. I like to start with the patrons, and then I like to move on to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So let's start with the patrons, and we're going to start with perennial commenter Andy. And Andy says, Ah, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. A film that's loved by me and you. And that, Barbara Streisand and Murray Too. Fun story about this movie, I saw this in the cinema with Geek Salad's original recipe mic. As a fan of South Park, I had been looking forward to this movie. Then came Uncle, Barbara Streisand. As someone who uses the F word the way that some people use the word the, I found myself surprised by the sheer amount of profanity on display in a three minute song. Not to say that I didn't love every one of those three minutes. The film is a fantastic look at the hypocrisy of the MPAA rating system, profanity equals bad, violence equals good, and that it's a full-blown musical, it's just the icing on the cake. All around, a fantastic film. And if you are a regular listener, you should know by now that Andy does have his own podcast, and I do like to recommend patrons' podcasts. So his podcast is Geek Salad, and it's basically for the ultimate geek in all of us, whether you like movies, music, TV shows, games. They've probably done an episode on South Park at some point or an episode that references South Park at some point. You can basically find anything and everything geeky and nerdy over at Geek Salad. I'll put information in the show notes so you can catch up with their latest episode. The next patron comment comes from Brett who says, What to say about this wild movie other than the fact I was way too young to watch it when it came out. It's a no-holds-barred movie that didn't care about what it was saying and who it was offending. The songs are memorable, the plot is absolutely insane, but what about this show isn't? And it was everything great about the show thrown into a wild hour and 20-minute movie. Love it. Brett also has his own podcast too. It's called Dissect Film and they basically dissect everything to do with movies. The good, the bad, the ugly. They review movies every week. They do movie retrospectives, new releases, and also TV show discussions as well. I'll put information in the show notes for Dissect That Film. And the final picture comment comes from Nicholas, who says, Still really funny, all these years later, full of great songs that always put a smile on my face when they come up on random play. Moving yeah, over to Twitter, we're going to start with bergfan 4 who said, I love it. Although the Sudan bit is a bit dated now, glad they revisited it in the series at one point. Kind of funny how people probably didn't equate one of the best songs ever, What Would Brian Botano Do? with the WWJD bracelet craze of the 90s. At Next to the Isle said, One of the best-paced animated films I can remember and a great transfer to the big screen. Hilarious and great songs. At Andy Williams 250 said, Recorded this film on video from Channel 4 when I was far too young and can still tell you where the ad breaks were. Initially, I found the inappropriate jokes funny as I grew the sophistication of the script and lampooning of musical theatre shone through. It's great. At Kyle Wolf says, says, Hilarious and still relevant. You can watch it multiple times and still find new jokes slash easter eggs in it. At Nobody Asked For Pod said, It's hugely underrated as an actual musical. The songs are brilliant, the humour is stupid, and the stories of them battling the censors are incredible. Damn, I love this film. At Needed Road said, I love it, and who honestly thought at the time it would be a bloody full-length musical? Well, their first film was called Cannibal the Musical. At Contrarian Prime said, Love it, and I hadn't even watched a single episode of South Park before watching it. I love how it's a full-on musical and it even gets a bit of an emotional moment. At the end. At Caleb Watch Movie says, The South Park movie is the definition of exceptional musical writing. A great message about censorship that doesn't pull any punches. You can't help but hum the tunes to yourself for months after you watch it. One of my favourites. At all MFC said, The entire sequence with the mole is fantastic from start to finish. The sound of a dying giraffe will always be one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And every time I encounter a guard dog in a game, I think, Sheet, I effing hate guard dogs. At Trib underscore EY said, It's hashtag Oscar nominated. At Love Metician said, It's incredible how this movie can hold up to some of the best in categories like musicals, animated films and TV show movies. The songwriting, comedy and commentary on censorship are sensational and are still relevant to this day. Matt and Trey are certified geniuses. At GF Patterson said, One of the great modern musicals, work of genius. At Genuine Chit Chat said, Love this movie, love the songs, and I found after this the quality of the South Park series increased too. This also somewhat paved the way for Team America, which I also love. There's a lot of silliness and vulgarity, but it's such a fun watch in so many ways. At bedsit underscore cinema said, "Not only one of the funniest films ever, but a musical which doesn't break the story with music. Clever on every level. Shut your Barbara Streisanding face, Uncle Barbara Streisand." At MTG Comics said, "It was a brilliant musical, Barbara Streisand Canada, beautiful, and shut your Barbara Streisanding face, Uncle Barbara Streisander. That was absolute poetry." Moving over to Instagram, at Pilot Terror Podcast said. This is one of my favourite films of all time. Was already a huge fan of the series when it was released, but the film was able to tackle what, at the time, was the show's biggest criticism. At its core, it's about the hypocrisy of being offended by coarse language in media that people use daily, but having no qualms about graphic violence. Graphic deplorable violence is okay as long as no one says any naughty words. It is so clever. Being a film with so much swearing, it causes an uproar by being a film with so much swearing, it causes an uproar. It's kind of a joke on people who refuse to watch it as it destroys what would be their criticism and the main criticism of the show at that time, that it is just pointless and crude. The music is amazing and Trey and Matt's commitment to storytelling really shines. And moving over to Facebook finally, we have Rob who said, Loved it. The only thing I didn't like was Kyle's mom as she is a big fat Barbara Streisanding." Barbara Streisand. And Andrew who says, I was never a massive South Park fan, but I uh, loved it when I saw it. And it was one of my all time favourite soundtracks with some great memorable songs. What was good was while offensive, I never felt it went too far. And I do apologise to everyone who used profanities in their comments that I had to Barbara Streisand out. But I hope you got the gist of my Barbara Streisanding. I'm sure that you did, especially with Uncle Barbara Streisand. And a huge thank you to everyone for all of your amazing comments on South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. Honestly, it's always sometimes a little bit polarising on a podcast when you do a movie like this because you're never certain what people are actually going to say about the movie, but overwhelmingly positive comments. It's clear that a lot of people have such a fondness for this movie and there's a really big reason why people have fondness for this movie because it's actually good. And most movies and TV shows generally aren't. But Matt Stone and Trey Parker clearly put a lot of time and effort into this movie and it clearly shows. And huge thank you to everyone for your comments. When we think of long-running, genre-defining animated shows, it's likely The Simpsons will spring to mind first, with its satire of the blue-collar American family and general parody of American culture. Throughout its early years, The Simpsons were seen as controversial. It wasn't the first animated TV show, but it is still the longest running. And despite several ups and downs in quality over the years, it still remains prevalent and popular. And of course, they also have their own feature film, too. Family Guy and Bob's Burgers, among many others, would also still adorn TV screens. But none have pushed the boundaries of decency and taste than South Park did. I wasn't a huge fan of South Park when I saw this movie. I remember there was so much merchandise you could buy that had South Park on it. And I definitely remember the song Chef's Chocolate Salty Balls, because I believe that was number one here in the UK for a short period. And when it came to the South Park movie, like most movies of 1999, I rented it from the video shop. And one of the brilliant things about this movie is that you don't have to necessarily be a fan of the TV show, because it's pretty self-contained. You pick up who the characters are immediately. And despite the fact it's self-contained, the show would reference the movie in later seasons of the TV show, which kind of canonized it a little bit. The fact that this movie's main antagonists are essentially Saddam Hussein and censorship goes some way to show how South Park, bigger, longer and uncut, prided itself on tackling current affairs as well as being its own form of social justice. Imagine if social media existed in 1999 and how this movie would have been seen by the very conservative people on Twitter and Facebook. You'd have a multitude of posts exclaiming how South Park is poisoning children's minds and offending everyone with copious bad language. And to be honest, I'm not going to sit here and list all the offensive things in this movie because there is a lot of offensive things in this movie. There's even some blackface and yellowface in this movie. And these sorts of things certainly aren't acceptable today. Despite all the controversies, this is a terrific musical as well as a biting satire. Parker and Stone went all out with the musical numbers and obviously their streak would continue with Team America, a movie that, again, I simply adore, and then their multi-Tony and Grammy award-winning musical Mormon, which I believe was also going to be a movie at some point, but I think that ship has sailed. South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut really does have this cohesive worldview, It's a righteous warning against overbearing parenting, quick to blame popular culture for social issues and the notion that cursing is bad on its own. Incidentally, it also came out three months after the Columbine shooting, which was also cynically attributed to a number of completely unrelated things, including and metal music and also video games as well. Basically blame anything except the kids who actually did it. And this movie says exactly the same thing. In the film's final act, Kyle pleads with his mother, Whenever I get in trouble, you go off and blame everybody else. But I'm the one to blame. Deal with me. Beyond South Park's customary jabs at the censors, the movie's central thesis is that when issues arrive in our own backyard, we tend to blame whatever imaginary or real external factors we can think of rather than focusing on the real causes, which are frequently much more complex and much closer to home. South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut is about angry communities that are unwilling to look in the mirror and instead seeking someone or something else to blame. The movie cleverly covers this with the multitude of expletive Barbara Streisands. It also permeates the boys will be boys culture. And that's when we have to step up and say, no, boys will be held accountable for their actions, as should we all be. The business with the MPAA changed the rating system in that post South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, The MPAA expanded its system with detailed descriptions adjacent to its ratings beginning in 2000. Following its release, MPAA president Jack Valenti stated that he regretted not giving the film an NC-17 rating. In its 25 years on air, South Park has achieved several tremendous highs, but the film is the highest point the show has ever reached purely because of its scope and ambition, its persuasive argument and its hilarious script. But mostly, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut is remembered for just being and doing its own thing, not wanting to be anything else, but best version of its lewd, ridiculous, vulgar self. Basically, what I'm saying is where South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut is concerned, you should respect its authoritar. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. And if you have enjoyed this episode and you want to help this podcast grow, well, you're doing it right now because you're listening to this podcast. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. But if you do want to leave a rating or review wherever you found this podcast, it really does help a great deal. You can also find me on social media. I am at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, Hive and Mastodon. And if you find me on there, you follow me. And you can retweet them like posts that I put up. That would also help as well because other people will see it thanks to social media algorithms. Or if you're just simply a fan of South Park and you know someone who's a fan of South Park, then tell your friends and family about this episode on South Park. And if you like this episode on South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, I'm going to recommend one episode and one movie. And I think you know what's coming. Because after they made South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, And they continued to make South Park for a few more years. Then they made their magnum opus, Team America, World Police, which is genuinely, I think, one of the greatest achievements (laughs) that's ever occurred in cinema. And when you listen to that episode, you will know why I think that. Because not only is it a fantastic movie and a great satire, that movie came about so quickly. It took so much work to do basically stressed them out so much that they refused to work with puppets ever again. Team America is an absolute triumph. If you've not seen the movie, please go and watch it because if you like South Park, you will love Team America. It's a miracle that any movie is made, but it's a miracle that Team America came together and is as brilliant as it is. So I can't recommend Team America, World Police, enough. Obviously, give me feedback. Let me know if I missed anything, but I don't think I did. Next episode, we're going to be going to Disney and their film, Kingdom of the Sun. Oops, I mean the Emperor's New Groove. I did that on purpose. Now, the Emperor's New Groove did not turn out the way Disney originally intended. It's a tumultuous story of a prince, a pauper, Sting, and the road to El Dorado is involved as well. So join me next episode, and we're going to go into the making of what was supposed to be Kingdom of the Sun, quite a serious story to a slapstick comedy called The Emperor's New Groove. So join me next week and let's find out how that happened. And the mere fact you're listening to this podcast is literally all you need to do. Genuinely, I don't expect any more from you as a listener. But if you do like what I do and you want to support me financially, you can do so. com slash Patreon. And you can join the amazing patrons of this podcast. They are Simon E, Sade, Claudia, Simon B, Laurel, Derek, Vern, Kat, Andy, Mike, Griff, Luke, Michael, Scott, Brendan, Ian, Lisa, Sam, Will, Jack, Dave, Chris, Stuart, Sonny, Drew, Nicholas, Zoe, Kev, Pete, Heather, Danny, Ali, Tyler, Stu and Brett. These people, they all have delicious hearts of baked potato. I also have a merch store. It's verbaldiorama.com slash merch. You can email me, verbaldiorama at gmail.com. You can say hi. You can give me feedback. Or you can pop over to my website, verbaldiorama.com, and you can find me there. You can also find the other work that I do, my writing work at filmstories.co.uk. I write for the magazine, and I also write articles on the website too. And finally...
1: My son could have been a doctor or a lawyer, rich and true. Instead, he burned a plaque of piggy on a barbecue. Should we blame the matches? Should we blame the fire? Or the doctors who allow it to expire?
2: Bye.